Welcome to the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. It's August 18, 2009, and this is episode 294. It's pretty much common knowledge that the copyright of a photograph comes into being the moment you release the shutter and the image is saved to your memory card. It's fine to put a copyright notice on your images when you post them to the web and you have the right to try to litigate against anyone that uses your image, images without licensing the image first or receiving permission from you. You've probably also heard though through various podcasts and other means that although you have the right to try to get some sort of retribution for unlawful use of your images, without registering the copyright of your images, you would probably not even find a lawyer that would take on your case, unless that is you'd shot something very special and there was a chance of a very big paycheck for your lawyer on winning the case. I was for a long time very intimidated by the thought of the process, thinking there'd be a lot of red tape and everything, but this week I decided to look into what it takes to register the copyright of my images, and I went ahead and did it. So now, having learned how to do it myself, I figured I'd share that with you, and that's what we're gonna do today. I wanna walk you through the process, and then hopefully you'll realize that it's not as scary as you, as you might think it is as well. And then if you want to go and register yours, it'll hopefully be a little, little bit easier having listened to this. Before I go on, I will just clarify that I'm not a lawyer and I have no training in this area at all. I'm just a photographer with a task to do in registering my images. And I imagine that most of you listening to this will be in exactly the same boat. So. Today, I'm just going to walk you through the process of registering your images with the United States Copyright Office, and that's a section of the Library of Congress. I put this off for years, literally, because it seems like such a daunting task, but really, it's very easy, and I wish I'd done it sooner. Some of you will probably also be wondering why someone living in Japan would register their images with the US Copyright Office. Well, this is simply because I believe the system to register online in the US to be very simple and because pretty much every country that you can think of has some kind of treaty or con convention with which they, you know, they bought into the US copyright laws. So it's probably the best single place to register. You can see details of which countries are signed in or signed up for the with the treaties and conventions in Circular 38A, which is available from the US Copyright Office website at www.copyright.gov. Before we hop over to the US Copyright Office to take a look at the process itself, let's consider what we will copyright. Now that you can do this online, you can literally zip up your entire image library and register the whole thing for just $35 if you wanted to. Consider though that you will probably never use some of the multiple shots of a scene or subject that you made while drilling down and working a scene to those final shots that you were very happy with. In last week's podcast, I spoke about how I keep all of my final selects in a separate folder. There are just short of 2,500 images in this folder and this is all that I registered this week. 
I don't intend to publish any of my other RAW files, and if I do, I'll just have to register them again later. But that's not a big deal for me now that I've finally taken the time to understand the system. It's also pretty important before you register to consider whether or not your work is published or unpublished, because the process is different based on this. If you have a library of images that you've never posted to the web or displayed in public in any way, then you could register them all in one go, regardless of the year that you shot the images. If you have been putting your images on the web though, and the website had no way of stopping the general public from looking at the images, then they are published and should be registered as such. The problem that I found because of this was that you have to register the date that the work was first published and then, then the year that the work was completed. And the year that the work was completed has to be the same year as the work was started. I originally intended to register all 2,500 of my images in one batch for $35. But this wasn't possible because I've been putting my images on the web since 2003 and in 2003 I published images from as early as 1991. But because I didn't display these until 2003, I did register this batch together. For the following years after that though, I had to split my registration into yearly batches. Because of this I had 9 batches of images at $35 each, so in total it cost me $315. I also suggest that you prepare your images before you start the registration process. If you are going to upload by year, as I did, and you don't have your images in separate folders per year, I do, but if you don't, use a program such as Lightroom to display your images by capture date. Once you have your list of images for each year, Ensure that you have all images selected for that year and then fill in the copyright field in the IPTC data. You can find the IPTC data towards the bottom of the right panel in the Lightroom library module. Though you, you may have to select IPTC from the pull down menu in the metadata panel. I always have EXIF and IPTC selected here by default. First, ensure that you add your name to the creator field in the contact information. This should already be filled out if you add your name to each, each image in the camera. Then make sure that you select the copyright status as copyrighted and enter at least the year that you made the image and your name in the copyright field. I usually enter the copyright mark C with a circle around it and then the year as in say 2003 and Martin Bailey hyphen all rights reserved to this field. This is also because this is displayed by some websites, so I like to have all information displayed in this one field. I also then add all rights reserved to the rights usage terms field below the copyright field for good measure. As long as you select all of the images for that year in Lightroom, this information will be added to all of the images then, with all of them still selected, export the batch for this particular year. If you are going to export all of your images in one batch, then you, you just need to select by year to add your copyright information, and then you can export the entire batch later. Unless, that is, you intend to export an insane number of images. 
If that's the case, you'd probably end up with a single zip file that's way too big to upload after registration, and so you might want to consider exporting per, per year anyway. You will want to resize your images because they become public information once registered. Of course, the chances of someone trying to steal your image from the Library of Congress is pretty slim. So this is less of a worry than the final size of your zip file and the time taken to upload your files at the end of the registration process. I resize my images to 900 pixels in width and a maximum of 700 pixels high. Of course, if the images was, you know, if the image was a landscape aspect, then 900 pixels wide is going to result in a 540 or so pixel high image. But for portrait images, there's really no need for them to be much bigger than 700 pixels high. I also export at compression 7 on a scale of 1 to 10. Though you could reduce this to around 5 to save on size if you have a lot of images to package up. 7 has virtually no visual signs of the image having been compressed and the size, the file size is pretty small for images of this size as well. I exported each year into a folder named with the numbers such as 2003, 2004 etc and then zipped these folders by right clicking on each of them and selecting compress and then the name of the folder 2003 or whatever. Once you have your images prepared, we're now ready to start the registration process. First, let's head over to www.copyright.gov. The screen will look like this. That you know, if you're looking on, watching on your iPod or iPad right now, then the image is there for you to take a look at. If you're just listening to the audio and you don't have the image, then if you go to a browser and type in mbp.ac slash 294, then all of the images that we're, we're going to look at today are in that blog post. I hope I'm not infringing any copyright laws by using this screenshot though. This certainly would be the wrong people to mess with on copyright issues. There's a lot of great information on this page, so do take a look around and you know once you're ready to start the process, we can go ahead and click on the ECO login link, ECO, marked Electronic Copyright Office. If this is the first time that you're doing this, then you'll first need to create an account. It's just like signing up for pretty much any website, but you do need to provide a, a pretty strong password. I, I think it had to be eight or more characters long and contain at least one number and one symbol. In addition to alphabetic characters, that is. Once you have your account successfully created, let's go ahead and log in. And once you're in, look for the Start Registration button towards the top of the page and give that a click. The first screen is to select the type of work that you're registering. For photographs, you'll want to select works of the visual arts from the pull-down menu. Once selected, click the continue button. And from this screen, you'll need to click the new button to provide a title for this body of work. Under the title type, select type of work being registered and then type something that describes the work. 
This doesn't need to be the actual title that you gave your images, just a generic title for the body of work, such as 2011 photographs. For my 2011 registration, I actually used 2011 photographs to August 14, so that I know where I left off. Unless I shoot something very special between now and the end of the year though, I'll probably wait to do one more registration at the end of 2011 to top this up. Once you've provided a title, click the Save button and you'll return to the last screen and click Continue again. On the next screen, you're asked if the work has been published or not. If you haven't publicly shared your work, then select No and then select the year that the work was completed. This is a little ambiguous because if you're talking about an entire body of work, theoretically, you could have started working on the photos years ago, but only completed your body of work this year. In this case, I'm assuming that the you could just use 2011 and be fine, but if you don't trust me on this, get help from a lawyer. If you have publicly shown your work, then you'll need to select yes, and then provide a bit more information. Again, there's a year of completion and date of first publication. Now, I put the date that I created the first image of the year, thinking of the year as the start of the body of work, and then entered the actual year that, the, uh, that I completed the work, or that year as the year of completion in that field. These have to be the same for, you know, the published work. It, that both the, the start of the, the work and the com completion have to be the same year. And this is why I had to split up my registrations into batches for each year. For the nation of first publication, I chose the United States because my web servers are based in the US. By the way, for larger screenshots, um, you know, some of these, these screenshots that we're looking at are having to be resized on the even on the blog. If you're looking on an iPad, you're probably not going or an iPod more more likely, you're not going to be able to see the the writing. But also, even if you're looking on the blog, some of these images are uh, the screenshots are pretty wide, and in the body of the blog, they had to be compressed down a little bit. But the full-size images are available at the bottom of the blog post. If you click on the gallery, the images, the thumbnails in the gallery, then you'll be able to see more detail there. On the next screen, you are asked who the author of the work is. Assuming that this is you, all you need to do is to click the Add Me button, then fill out the additional details that are requested, such as your citizenship and where you live, and date of birth if you want to add that. There's also a date of death, but hopefully we can all steer clear of that for a while. Note here that you will probably want to ignore the organisation field. Even if you work as an organisation, you'll want to keep your copyrights in your own name. Once done on this screen, click save and you'll be asked uh, what you created. So select photographs in the next screen and then click save and then click continue. On the next screen, you'll be entering the claimant's name and this is you again. So click add me and fill in your address and select your state. If you're not based in the US like me, then do select non-US from the state pull down menu. 
I'm not going to include screenshots here as much as I'd love for you guys to all see my address and then come around for coffee and a chat. But one thing to note on this screen is that you will ignore the transfer statement fields. If you are registering your own work, then this is not necessary. And if you're not, then you'll need help from someone other than me to complete this. Having clicked save, once again, click continue. And on the limitations of claims uh, screen, just click continue again. There's no reason to limit what you could claim against as you your photographs can pretty much be used in any of these ways and more. On the next screen, rights and permissions, you'll click add me again. And this time add any phone numbers, etc. as well as ensuring your address is fully filled out. Another tip here for non-US applicants is that when you first register with the system, the number checks for phone numbers make you add your telephone number in a totally whacked out way with the first three numbers in parentheses, then a gap, and then three digits followed by four digits with a hyphen in between. This is not how Japan writes down telephone numbers and it also gives you no way of adding a country number. I found though that although these fields are, are populated by what you provided when you registered, you can change the format here to something closer to home and the system will let you continue. You can now also add an organization name if you work as a registered company. Having checked the state pull down again, click continue. Same drill again with the correspondence screen. Click add me and ensure that all the details are filled out and then click continue again. And once again, click add me on the mail certificate, uh, mail certificate screen. And this time you have to provide an organization name and then just click continue. Almost there now, uh, bear with me a little bit longer. The next screen is to select whether or not you need special handling for your copyright registration. Unless you've just photographed someone very famous doing something very bad and you need your copyright registered and the documentation mailed to you straight away. Or unless you just want to pay the extra $760 to see how fast they can expedite your claim, just click continue. On the next screen, certification, you need to check the, the checkbox and type your name to certify that you are the author of the work and you own the copyright that you're about to register. Of course, it would be against the law to grab someone else's images and try to register them. And there's a hefty fine of up to $2,500 for doing so. Assuming that you're registering your own work here, check the checkbox, type your name and click continue. Now we're finally on the last screen, the review submission part of the application process. And here you'll find all the details that you've entered so far. Now before we jump to the next part of the process, if you intend to register images again in the future, you might want to click the little blue link next to the save for later button that says save as template. If you save a template now, all of the data that you just entered will be saved and you can create future claims in less than a minute, just needing to update the title and the dates that the images were shot, etc. It makes future registrations very, very quick. Once you've created a template, click Add to Cart, 
you can put in multiple claims and add them all to the cart before you check out. So if you do want to do multiple years, do this now, add, to, add each one to the cart. Uh, and then once you have all of your claims input and ready to go, click the checkout button. You'll be asked if you want to pay via a deposit account or credit card. I don't have a US deposit account, but even if I did, I'd probably use a credit card to leave a nice record of the payment on my credit card statement. When you select your payment method, at least when you select credit card, but I assume for both, you're taken to the US Treasury site to make your payment. This is as simple as any online credit card payment. Once completed, you will go back to the US Copyright Office site and see your open case, or cases in a table. Um, from here, you need to click the blue link case number and there you'll see an upload deposit button. Click this to upload your images that you prepared earlier and zipped up and everything. The upload screen is actually too narrow when it first opens, so you'll need to grab the right side of the browser window and make it just a little bit wider so that you can see both the upload fields and a title field to give each uploaded file a title. Just browse the image files uh, that you prepared earlier and add, you know, select those and add them with the browse button and add something descriptive in the brief title field. I just called each of my uploads the number for the year of the images that I was registering the copyright for. Okay, so once you've uploaded your image, image or images in a zip file, congratulations, you're done. I assume if there are any problems with your claim, you will be contacted by someone for additional information, but you should be careful to try to, you know, make sure that everything necessary, uh, all of the information that is necessary is in there to make the process as smooth as possible. Note that if you go to your open cases list, the, uh, you know, to check the progress, you might get a little bit of a shock when you see the orange indicators in the action needed column. As long as this is not a bug, then you know, when you roll your mouse over these orange indicators, you should see a yellow tooltip saying no action needed. Once you've done and got everything uploaded, you'll receive an email politely thanking you for registering your claim and stating that the effective date of registration is established when the application fee and the material being registered has been received. After you have finished, you know, everything's filled out, your fees are paid and your images are uploaded, it apparently takes about three months for the claim to be processed and the certificate of registration to be mailed out to you. So I hope that this has helped in some way. I know that this was one of those things that I put off for such a long time because I thought it was going to be a big task and lots of red tape but it really wasn't like that. Hopefully you'll see, you'll have seen here that although the first time has a few screens to go through and you know there's a lot of information that you need to provide, although it's pretty simple information, once you have a template made, future or multiple registrations really do take a matter of minutes each.
Just a couple of bits of housekeeping before we finish today. Firstly, I was interviewed by Chris Marquardt recently, and although we had no plans for what we'd talk about before we started recording, we touched on quite a few interesting topics, so do take a listen to Tips from the Top Floor, episode 515, if you're interested, and I'll put a, a link to that in the show notes, just in case. Also note that I have released information on my 2012 Snow Monkey and Hokkaido photography tours and workshops. We'll be heading out to Nagano from February 13th to photograph the adorable snow monkeys and then we head on to Hokkaido to photograph the majestic red-crowned cranes, stellar sea eagles, white-tailed eagles, as well as hooper swans and deer, and then of course, you know, no need to mention the beautiful landscapes of the Hokkaido winter wonderland. We return to Tokyo on February the 24th, so we have 12 full days of photography, including in the field tuition from me. And of course, we have the classroom sessions now and critique sessions that the entire group agreed in the past adds so much value to what was already an amazing photographic experience. Seats are filling up fast, but if you are interested in joining us, please take a look at the www.mbpworkshops.com website or drop me a line at workshops at martinbaileyphotography.com if you have any questions. Thanks for listening today. And remember that you can find me on Flickr and Facebook, as well as Google Plus now and Twitter, and of course, my blog and the photography forum. All links, including the social networking links, are on the top page at martinbaileyphotography.com, so do drop by. I'll be back next week with another episode, but in the meantime, you take care and have a great week, whatever you're doing. Bye-bye. The Martin Bailey Photography Podcast is a proud member of the Photocast Network. Find this and other great photography podcasts at photocastnetwork.com. Thank you.